0: reminder everybody in the audience the views expressed on this podcast are of the presenters and the presenters only and do not re- represent the views opinions or strategies of the united states postal service the national rural letter carriers association or the national association of letter carriers
1: hey welcome back everybody bonus episode this week we have mr Corey walton from aid arbitration joining josh and james and myself how are you this evening Corey?
2: I'm doing quite well. I'm glad to be here finally. It's, it's been quite a chore getting on here, hasn't it?
1: It, it definitely uh, has. It definitely has.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like James said earlier, he says, "Why did you, Why'd you only give me ten minutes notice?" Because I said, "Right, <laughs> yeah, you." I called you. And you said, "Give me ten minutes."
4: Uh-huh.
3: I said, "Because I just found out for fa- for a fact ten minutes ago."
4: <laughs> right. It
3: was like. Am- am i the last to find out i'm like well i had to make sure Kristen was available because she does a recording most of the time
1: yep i ran right down got the computer booted up said we're doing this let's go (laughs) but no it's great to finally be able to connect with you Corey. i know myself um james josh and several of our listeners also listen to you on the regular and let me tell you, yep. from the beginning of listening to you when I was still a local steward at the time, I learned a lot more from you than I ever did any of my steward trainings from my own union.
2: Well, I appreciate you saying that. we I've been through a couple of things.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's amazing to listen to you because to hear the things that you're going through and then maybe a few months down the road, it turns right over and comes right to the rural side. So right, they they learn from you guys, give it to us, they learn from us and give it to you guys. Yeah, they
2: definitely uh, are creatures of habit. And so uh, it's all about that money. It's all about that money. So they're going to abuse whichever craft they can. (laughs) And
4: unfortunately,
0: uh, we're the ones that make the money. Yeah, whoever rolls over first is the one that starts the process. That's right. Go ahead, so, Josh.
3: I had a question for you, Corey. and I, I know you've had held every position in the stewardship on your side. Right? And on your side in the NALC, the steward can initiate a grievance. Right. So that gives you as the steward the opportunity to investigate for 14 days before you actually file. Right. On On our side, the grievant has to actually initiate it, yeah. Which only leaves you that ten-day window from the time the grievance is signed to you having to meet. Yeah. Do you have any suggestions for any stewards that we have listening to help make a benefit
2: of this?
4: Because of the ten of the ten days.
3: of the 10 days versus
2: 24 days yeah yeah so how does y'all's it, it, does y'all's uh, request for information work about the same as ours yes. we put in a request for information and they get so y'all have this kind of the same thing right yeah,
3: yeah we give them a written requests saying this is i'm looking yeah. for a b c and d
2: and have a reasonable amount of time to get you the information that you requested yeah uh, once you're requested you're officially on the clock um That goes with education. you know. If you know what you're dealing with, I know rural is a lot different uh, as far as the city letter carrier craft. Both my parents are retired rural carriers. And so I grew up with that. How their route adjustments were done was a lot different than ours. And I don't know with y'all going through the same thing we do if that's changed or not, but uh, you have to know y'all's contract. And that way when a carrier comes to you, you know exactly what you're gonna request uh, you have those ready. You put that request in, and while you're waiting on that information, you're already formulating what your contentions are going to be. Um, y'all's discipline is probably much the uh, same as ours, I imagine. Y'all yeah. don't do overtime, right? y'all have uh, overtime?
0: No. Uh, we don't have an overtime list. We have a uh, right. release day work list. Right. See, and so that's yeah, a lot yeah, different than us.
3: Yeah, you, the only time we have overtime is the three weeks from the first Saturday in December and then three weeks after. So this year it ended what? The 22nd? Friday the 22nd? And yeah. that, if you go over your evaluation for the week, you get paid overtime.
4: Right. But the key most- to
3: that is they have, you know, management has the right to send you home early or tell you not to come in on a day if you're going to be over. Right. Depending on how much
2: you're going to be over.
4: But, but they, they have to have pay to. you
3: for the for the evaluation.
2: I uh like Article 8 is our overtime article. So that's one of our most contentious ones. so y'all don't have to deal with that. But anytime we're dealing with the grants procedure, it's all about education. You know, you've got to know your topic. And once you get that information request in, man, you're hustling to get that uh, your contentions, where you're going to go, then you're going to get this information. You're going to look at that. What else are we going to need to support our position? You know, when it gets an arbitration, it's all about the contention. It's all about the evidence. And so, you know, the only thing I can say about as far as 10 days, 14 days, you got to take advantage of every single bid. A lot of times, where we have problems, our uh, stewards are so anxious to get that grievance in that they don't take advantage of that full 14 days. And they will put in information requests, get that 8190, send that up, no contention, and uh, leave that up to the formal step A. I'm always an advocate of taking advantage of that full 14 days. Make sure that everything that you need, you have. And that way the formal A doesn't have to do all of our work. Y'all have step two, right? Yeah, which, yes, we have. Yeah. And then step three, the yeah, yep,
4: yeah, We got informal,
2: yeah, we got informal, formal B team arbitration. Y'all says step one, step two, and so um, you know, I, I don't know if that was the question you asked, but you got to well, you, it, to it, me, it, every it single was, bit is about education.
3: It, it, it was because it's if you're lucky, the grievance will call you and tell you. Or, you know, catch in the office if you have a, shop, a local shop, steward
4: and mm-hmm.
3: say, hey, management's done, you know, this is what management's done. So that gives you that week or two for them to finally fill out the 8191, which is our grievance step one form. Right. Um, but if they don't and they just fill out the grievance form and hand it to you, that starts
4: your 10-day clock yeah and so management's was made aware how by the grievance uh,
3: the grievance has to have a discussion with management, say, Mr. Walton, last week, I worked on route eight, one, two, and three, but I only got paid for one and two, and he says, pound sand.' And I say, oh, Mr. Alton, I need an eighty-one ninety-one, please, because I'm going to grieve that you didn't pay me for that day. Really? Or whatever the situation is. Yep.
2: I had no idea that that's how that happened. That's crazy. Mm-hmm.
4: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, because we
3: go in and have their informal conversation with management. If management, if they can work it out with management, they're great. If not, then the grievant has to file the the um the grievance and management has to initial and date it on the date that it, you know and then check you know say yes or no it was
2: timely within the 14 days of the occurrence. I had no idea that so that's nuts. And so uh because us we just go to the steward, you know, we said hey right they worked so and so yesterday I was supposed to work and then here we go. But y'all have to go up to the supervisor <laughs> and initiate a grievance. Yep. Yes. Damn, that's crazy! These, this audience, are those are the people that are listening.
1: Yes, they are.
4: Yes.
2: is fed They're up. Is that Ron? Yes,
1: that's that Ron, that, that that Ron That is that is Ron. <laughs> he's a friend of ours wish... too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's a friend of everybody's. I like oh. that guy, man. He's got a, he's got a great right.
1: show. Oh yes, so yes, far is.
3: the comment the comments in there have been evening. Mister Milton Union is in the house. I'm still trying to play catch up on the pod. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Corey. And then Fed Up says, "Corey, what's up, brother?"
4: Uh, awesome yeah. Epi-
3: awesome episode with. Um, I'm assuming that was supposed to be Fed Up. No, nice work.
1: Yeah, no. Uh, Fed Up. Uh, Ron just did an episode with Fed Hurt, which is a federal. They deal with a federal WCP. It was a really good episode.
3: Okay, I haven't heard that mm. one yet.
1: Yeah, how I don't
3: I, see uh, these Thank you. Uh, Ron says, thank you. Hands together. Appreciate that. Lots more to come. Fed up is great. Yay. This is
1: awesome. About time. And <laughs> They've been looking forward to you, Corey. That's for sure. I know we have a lot of <laughs> our listeners Ron listen said, to you as well.
3: Ron says, Corey is the godfather of this movement.
2: <laughs> I don't know about that, but. Uh, we're trying to get some shit started. I know that. Uh, I, I wish, and I know that half your, most of your audience probably going to think I'm crazy, but I wish that the NELC would just swallow up the rural Carriers Union and we all become a, a huge union. I wish that we would have done that. I know that when my dad was a rural carrier, he begged them to do that, to join in with NELC. Uh, but yeah, but I, I don't. I I wish wear they a would.
3: Uniform or have to go hourly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> y'all, y'all like your evaluated routes right I, yeah I, I like getting done i like
1: getting done in seven hours and getting paid for nine and going home yes
2: <laughs> that's a great thing my dad uh my dad was like that when i first started it was uh 1988 as a rural carrier i started as a rural carrier and uh started with my dad and we worked together and I'd have pulled my route down. I was leaving. He was coming back. That's how fast he was. And yeah. so, uh, but you know, he'd be done with his route by 11 o'clock, 1130 and, uh, out here in Franklin, yeah, Tennessee, probably but uh, till,
3: probably getting paid till three or four.
2: Yeah. And my mom, she worked in Bellevue. Uh, and so, but yeah, I worked with my dad for a little while as a rural care. And then I moved over, uh, kind of just doing odd things clerk craft janitorial craft and then became a te in 1992
4: and uh the rest is history i was
2: senior care to that if you don't mind me asking was there a reason
3: you decided to leave the world craft
4: this is
2: crazy
3: what is the reason i should say
2: i had i was married in 1990 and uh I've since been divorced, and uh, but my, we were engaged at the time. I was a rural carrier, and my father-in-law at the time, he was my future father-in-law at the time, he was uh, in management, and he was came in as the postmaster of Franklin. That's where I was. Mm. And so back then, I don't know if y'all still do it this way, but you had to register. And you had names on that register that call in, send me 10 names. Y'all still do it like that?
1: No, not really.
2: No. Yeah, the postmaster would call down to the register and said, Hey, send me 10 names. And I've got a, you know, two routes open. I need 10 names. They'd interview those 10 names, and then they would two people would be selected. Well, I was already working there. I was doing route seven. The guy's name was JC Fox. And I was doing his route. Uh, His route was 120 miles long, and it had no stops. It was all country. And uh, so I was already doing the route, and he called in a register. My name was at the very top, and he did not hire me. He uh, said he didn't want to look like nepotism. And uh, my parents hated him ever (laughs) since.
3: (laughs) So you were a TRC at the time?
2: I was a uh, RCA, I believe is what they called it back then, Real Care Associate.
3: Right. Was it RCA Just, um, or, T or TRC? Did you have to take a, a week break?
2: No, no. It was an RCA. I took my test and uh, passed the test, got the names. He, uh, he did not pick me. When he didn't pick me, uh, then I had to leave that, went over to okay. the – to the janitorial kind of clerk craft, but I worked at the jail from about 1990 to 96, and that was because he didn't select me. And so I had to go work there at nights, I was working at the post office during the day, and did that for six years, all because he didn't pick me up that register. My name was the first one, so it wouldn't have been like people would have said nepotism because he went into. to. But anyway, that's a long story short. So that's the okay. reason why I'm a city carrier today.
4: All right.
3: Like I said, I was just curious, and I know a lot of people will probably be like, well, at least from our listeners, would be like, "If he had the best job delivering, why would he give that up and go well,
4: to, I, to the other side?" I, yeah, I loved
2: it. I loved it. You know, I loved coming in. I drove my dad's station wagon. You know, I had to sit on the right-hand side and drive with your left foot. Yep, you know, yep. and steer. And yeah, he had a blue blue All station wagon. Yep, that's what I delivered with. And uh, out of, and the Judds, the country music group, the Judds were on my route, had a huge farm out there, um, but I was way, way, way out in the sticks, man, way out in the sticks. And uh, But I loved it, because you just turned the radio on, Is during the summer, it was fantastic, You're just out there, it was peaceful and stuff, and yeah, he didn't hire me.
1: Yeah. So here I am. Hey, you know, Well. It, it, you know it things work out in weird ways that's just how it yeah
2: comes. here I am here I'm starting a movement
1: exactly <laughs> and, and we're and we're kind of doing the same thing on the rural side and you know we're we're well, at, I, we're catching the heat from our national officers as well for doing it as you know the four of us yeah. uh lost uh were decertified as local stewards because of the podcast I remember that yeah yeah I remember
4: that
1: we've got three they, of us they've not hurt. done that
4: to me yet.
1: We've got uh, three of us that are actually going to be running for national office this year. What? Yeah. Uh, myself uh, going for vice president. Uh, James is going for director of steward operations. And Bill, who couldn't be with us because I believe he's still working, uh, is going running for uh, president again.
2: Well, that's fantastic. That's really good. Anything I can do to help you, I will. If you want to come on, I'll help you. I don't know how many people listen from the Royal Aircraft, but
3: a lot. Um, I would
2: say a lot, <laughs> a lot. You people know, I don't. Do uh, yeah. I uh, I don't hold right. back on my uh, national leaders. If you ever listen. Oh,
1: oh yes, every every, uh, I, every Monday.
2: I, <laughs> I just uh, I just cannot tolerate the cowardice that's taken over our union, man. I don't know how y'all's is, but I think we've talked a little bit Not about this before. Better but uh, uh
3: better.
2: yeah it's just it's unbelievable the cowardice that's overtaken my union and i cannot stand it i can't stand it but so anyway i just have a different way of vocalizing that
4: No, <laughs> oh, and i appreciate Someone it because there's said,
2: go
1: ahead josh
3: i listen and get all fired up on mondays
1: <laughs> yeah, same well, thing. I'll be out on my route, and you'll be saying something, and it reflects to what we're going through on the rural side. And I'll be like, "Yes, right. amen, absolutely."
2: <laughs> well, that's uh, that's great. <laughs> All right, well, a lot of people any- can't take the, the language, but uh, you know, when you get fired up, hell, just you know how it is.
1: Oh yes. <laughs> we do. Right.
2: For for anyone in the audience,
3: if you had a question. I would say put the question in the chat now, because Corey does have the. He took time out of his busy schedule to join us this evening. He has things he has to get back to this evening before he goes to
2: bed. So yeah, I can answer some questions though if they want to ask. Them. I'll do the best I can. But um, yeah, I, I know we've been trying to get on here for a while, and my schedule is crazy.
1: Yeah, um, we completely understand that. We're all pretty flexible, so.
4: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah, For the most part, we're
3: flexible, and it's, you know, and it's, or if you were available, Kristen, for whatever reason, might not be available. Yeah. Uh, So (laughs) we could have you come on, but without Kristen to be able to actually record it, and without enough advance notice, we have someone else that does recording and editing for us, other than Kristen, which
0: helps.
2: Right, right. So we just kind of all scramble to get on here at the same time. Oh yeah,
4: yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I got right. you. Let me ask this question to you, Corey. Hmm. As somebody who formerly was a rural carrier but is a city carrier, looking at the rural craft from the outside, what right. do you see as the biggest issue pertaining to rural carriers today?
2: I think it's y'all's leadership, your representation. You know, that's, that's kind of the thing that city carriers always talk about, is the lack of, uh, I don't know how you'd put it, it goes all the way back to when my dad was a rural carrier. You know, it's it's that uh, even even your arbitration process, you know, it's dysfunctional at best. And um, I just think that, you know, with y'all saying that y'all gonna have some people run for national leadership, I think it starts there. Um, y'all are kind of the, not rural carriers, because, you know, I love rural carriers like I love city Carers. To me, you're, you're all family, but it's laughable uh, y'all's representation. And so that's the difference. I think the NLC, even though, you know, I talk about our leadership here, uh, are are filled with cowards, and I do believe that I mean we are notorious for for fighting and uh, I think that's the difference between us you I may disagree with that, but um you know I, I think that it's kind of the the stigma is that rural cares unions probably the weakest of all the unions in the uh, in the postal service and I think that y'all need to get some you know some fire breathers up there that that change that
4: narrative and um sounds like y'all are gonna do that if that answers okay. your question
3: few more few more um comments every episode i listen to corey since last may definitely lots of useful info started with all the hip training nailed our office for falsify falsification today they made us watch and do our videos this year
2: lol i was first did y'all have an issue with your hip training as well?
1: Last, yeah. year, well, yes, last
2: year, yes, I noticed that. Yes,
1: and yeah. uh, this
3: year, as of yet, they have not entered anything in the in hero. But right. last year, you know, they they actually I filed on it as a class action for the whole city. Yeah, and you know, for the whole installation, not just my station. And we got that they would. Perform the training by a certain date, or all carriers would get a payout of, and I forget what it was, twenty-five dollars. Yeah, well, that's still good
2: though. That's still good. I
3: just didn't know how. But the thing is, the last, the last day on the, you know, for the settlement uh was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and they had us all standing there that Wednesday morning watching these videos with a TV plugged into the um, computer. (laughs) Yes,
1: that sounds about right. All right, we do have one question. I, I'm going to go ahead. All right. And says,
3: well, I was uh, I was getting to that. Frequency also has a had had a question. Mhm. So um,
1: she's. In... Oh, I got it. In our well, office, I was going to
3: read. I was going read... <laughs> to read Giraffe's comment and then go to that. Okay, go ahead. All right. In 30 minutes, I'm 30 minutes away from the office that Mr. Gates passed away in last in the heat mm. so that yeah. particular episode hit me yeah,
4: yeah
3: that was am, a tough one man here here's the question in our office a rural ox is divided to help the three city routes make their eight hours how much of that is normal on the city side we should
2: be grieving that
1: both sides should yeah. be grieving
2: that a- absolutely As- that that's so rampant right now across this country where cities doing rural, rural's doing city because they refuse to properly staff this place. And we help them out when we don't grieve that. You know, if you start busting an ass on that with these grievances, where these monetary payouts get to to a certain point, they're going to staff these places properly. What incentive do they have to staff these places properly if they can just make rural go do city, city go do rural? You know, I've had episode after episode about city doing rural work uh, that's a grievance, and uh, a lot of these places don't even touch it. But it just you know, that, that don't even sound right. You know, we we split a rule ox up so city have eight hours. That that doesn't even make sense. You know, and so uh, those things should be grieved. But
4: yeah, we, we we bail them out of properly staffing these places when we don't do that. To me, all right.
1: Here's a really good one. Um well frequency responded that it's been grieved and grieved and yeah that will have to come down to a non compliance grievance.
2: Yeah, that, as that well. you're going to have to ask I don't know how how well do y'all uh escalate y'all's remedies? Do y'all have good payouts or do y'all
1: Is uh, that something you all we, we have a, a it, national steward system that likes to settle for language.
2: See, that right there is just that's devastating. Mhm. You know, you know we, See, we have I'll,
3: this the same issue as you guys have with the don't do it again, shall not. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> God. Please,
4: we'll comply. Please yeah. stop. Yeah.
3: We'll comply.
2: <laughs> yeah. We implore you to stop, but they uh and that's It's only the Postal Service telling both sides, telling all the parties we will no longer do a cease and desist, and every single one of them flinched. And that's all that is. I know that for a fact.
1: Yeah. Um, Here's a really good one here. Is there a way, in your opinion, to bring all the crafts together to do a nationwide protest or rally to really inform the public the challenges that the postal workers face on a daily basis?
2: You have to say your leadership, and ours will not do it. Yeah. They will tell you they're not going to do it. Uh, they think that it does nothing. It does no good. That's what our leader has told us. You know, when they talk about these uh, nationwide rallies, um, you know, they will tell you you don't get anything from that. It's because they're too damn lazy to, to get that going. And uh, I thought we should, when Brother Gates died, we talked about that, I thought that we should be out in the damn streets in force when that happened and to find out, you know, when people talk about the hip training, well, you don't need to tell me to be safe. You know, I know to be safe. That's not what it's about. The fact is they they falsified this training that they're required to do when our brother Gates passed away. What they do, they came out and said, well, he had the hip training, you know, so we did our part. Well, that's a lie. And that's the reason you should have been in the streets. But unfortunately, our leaders—I don't know about yours—but our leaders are dead set against it, and that's the reason it will never happen.
3: I you know, and as why, would believe that as ours would be too. As widespread as falsification was on both sides of the fence, mm-hmm. I don't—I don't even think, uh, except for you know the rural carriers that listen to your podcast, I don't think anyone really did anything. Yeah. In regards to grieving
2: it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hell, they're already falsifying ours already. So, you know, people are putting up on social media, you know, here's mine, been falsified. I wasn't there. So, you know, they didn't learn. But, you know, when when we let them get
0: away with stuff, why would you? So, Corey, here's some highlights. Because I went to our Southwest Area Conference this past weekend some highlights from our president in his speech about what's coming to the postal service. The first one is that the S and Cs are really nice. They're going to have brand new cases. You're going to have more (laughs) relief carriers to cover routes. You're going to have all these electric, new electric vehicles to drive and stuff like that. The other side was you got to, you got to read the DeJoy's 10-year plan for the Postal Service, because that's what's going to happen. And we're going to become the United States Parcel Service, basically. He said we're going to become a parcel delivery service. We're no longer going to be delivering the mail.
2: Right. Well, I tell you what, with the volume we've had lately, I can see that. I mean, we've had no mail. I don't know what they're doing, but uh, surely people just didn't stop overnight using the Postal Service as far as mail. But, uh, yeah, they've sold us on it. They've sold our leaders on it. So and it may be the greatest thing that's ever happened to the Postal Service, and it may save us. And uh, it's the best thing since sliced bread. But I know that my carriers are having to drive an extra hour now to work, and uh, I don't like that. I don't like anything that negatively affects my people, and that does. But, you know, we have no say-so, I guess. We didn't have no pushback against it, but uh, I guess that's the future. Well, and one of the other things you were
3: saying that came out in SWAC, um, James, was for the past two years, we've had an MOU on and off that they've signed saying that regular carriers can assist on a voluntary basis to help on other routes or Sunday Amazon delivery. and. Our president said that one of the things they want to try and negotiate into our new contract, which will start in the next couple of weeks, assuming you guys wrap up or move it to an arbitrator, is that he wants to get that written into the contract. What's the likeliness that management's going to just leave it at,
4: are you going to volunteer if it's actually in the contract, not an MOU? Yeah. Is that a question? Of me? Yeah, in your opinion. Yeah.
2: I, I'll i say this. Uh, I think that it's funny. I've come on our side. We're talking about our new contract, uh, Article 8, which is our overtime. They're going to revamp that, and they're saying that they're going to start doing Article 8 differently if you want to work on your day off and don't want to work overtime the rest of the week. That's how they're going to do it. They didn't abide by it beforehand wait, I don't care how many times you change Article 8, they're not going to abide by it. They didn't abide by it before. What makes you think they're going to abide by it now? There's no incentive to abide by any signed agreement. And so anytime y'all have that, what's the incentive to abide by that? And uh, we've not, we don't have anything in place to make management abide by any MOU, to make them abide by anything.
4: Um, so, you know, when you have a signed agreement that management doesn't care about, your MOU is the
1: same way. Yeah, that I I completely know. agree on that. That's, uh, you know, I, and, you know, and that's the one thing with, with the way our system works is having our resolutions, our, our non-binding resolutions that go up to national and pass, that's supposed to be our wish list that we wish for them to negotiate for contracts. Well, then they come out and say, you know, we had, I don't know, however many hundreds of them, but we're only going to, you know, pick through 20 or 30, but here this MOU we've had out off and on for the last 2 years, we want to put that in there. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny.
0: It's funny because somebody did put a resolution up for that at two national last year or this past national and it failed. And they're still going to try and push it through, even though the craft and their delegation told them not to.
4: Yeah, that sounds about right.
1: What do you think on, uh, do you think your guys' contract negotiations may go into arbitration?
2: Uh, It's looking like that. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. I mean, that's the big question that everybody always raises on social media you know, what's up with the contract. Our president refuses to tell the truth, so we don't know what's going on. They said they had an arbitrator. You know, ours, you have three arbitrators. One's ours, one's the postal services, and then you have a neutral arbitrator and it's ultimately his decision, his or her decision. And uh, so we've been waiting all this time for an arbitrator. We were told weeks ago, we have an arbitrator selected. Now it's supposed to come out in a couple of weeks. But this has been going on for months and months. <laughs> so, uh, to tell you the truth, I have no idea what's going on with it. It could, you know, they could have a tentative agreement come down here any day now. But it's looking like it's going to arbitration. They keep saying the right things. I just don't believe anybody, and so I have no idea what's going on with the contract contract negotiations. You know, you have those that those puppets that always talk about. You know, it's stalled because the postal service with their money. Well, obviously that's what that's the biggest gonna be the biggest hiccup every time you go to, you know, when you talk about collective bargaining is money. And so you get all these other things out of the way, you make agreements on all these other things, and you say we cannot agree to the financial package, and so we'll go to arbitration. It shouldn't take you over a year to do that, and that's where we're at. You know we're already over a year people are like well you know you just need to be patient i don't want to be patient you know they always tell us that when we always when the agreement's signed they're already working on the next one then why is it taking over a year we hadn't even gone to arbitration yet and so it's just frustrating the members are frustrated and uh our president is so dishonest i have no idea you know when he says something i I I take that with a grain of salt, and so I I have no idea, to tell you the truth. I should have just said that right at the beginning, but I have no (laughs) idea.
1: (laughs) Okay, I got one more really good question here. Um, Being a city carrier, how do you deal with the micromanagement? We now, as rural carriers, are beginning to face the same type of scrutiny for every little thing that we are doing, and I can't stand it. I hate being treated like I'm a liar or a criminal just for doing my job.
2: Yeah the good thing about my station is we don't have to deal with that knock on wood um it's a it's a very tenured station so they kind of stay away from that uh, they don't come in here with a lot of bullshit uh, on our station the biggest thing you can do is understand what's y'all's handbook ours is M41 handbook what is y'all's uh, ours is a 38, 38. the M38 M38 mm-hmm. get that get that and read it and I would read it and read it and read it. When I first became a shop steward in 2006, I'd never seen the J cam, the M39, which is management's, the M41, which is ours, had never seen any of them. And that was why, you know, I had kind of default with myself about being a steward because I was like, I, you know, I'm gonna let people down. But every break I read the M41. At lunch, I read the M41. When I got home, I read the M41, and I understood my office duties. I understood my street duties. I understood my reporting requirements if I'm going to request overtime, which I don't have to do. But all those things I understood, and so I understood those for all my people. So everybody in my station was was protected because I understood what they could and could not do. And so when they came in there and tried to micromanage all those years ago, uh, way back when, um, you know, we would grieve that and and stop it. Um, but, you know, you see more and more of it now. We have these, the T-Rap. I'm sure you all heard me talk about that if you all been on any of these episodes. Yeah. Uh, the new ride adjustment process has brought all of that roaring back, all this micromanagement, the hour office time, getting out of the uh, office in an hour, 22-minute load times. All these things are micromanaging. and so stationary events that's all that but it's all about knowing uh your rights your things that you're required to do in the office you're not required to do you know 22-month load time is something that's made up stationary events are something they can't do you know The hour office time is not contractual so i would just get that m38 and i would study it and i would study that off with y'all's office function street function uh, your office duties, AM office duties, and all that stuff right there—that's right. that's the biggest thing.
1: Quick correction: the M thirty eight is actually the management's guide to uh, managing roll okay. carriers, but our uh, actual six zero three, yeah, the PO six zero three okay. is what we would have to do. Yeah. But yeah, the M thirty eight is not a bad read either. But yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> you
0: <know>, I would <laughs> always know what management's looking for is in the P then the M thirty eight. And what your duties and responsibilities are is in the P O six O three. Yep. So make sure you understand right. those. And then w- when you get to wanting to know the contract, is the E L nine O two is our contract.
2: Okay, well that's what I would do. I know it sounds boring, but you know, I uh, that's what I did. And M thirty nine is theirs. I studied that and studied that until I memorized it. And that way, I knew theirs better than I knew my uh, than uh, they know theirs yep. and I know M forty one better than they knew it. So
3: now Corey, we, the, you said the M31 is the um the handbook,
2: right? The M41. Handbook? M41 is ours, M39
4: okay. is theirs on that. All
3: right. Have they like for us the P O six oh three, which is our the rule carrier handbook, basically what you're supposed to do in a day?
4: Yes. With mm-hmm.
3: the with the new rec system? where everything's tracked digitally or on a report. They started saying, well, certain parts of that are no longer valid, but they haven't updated it with the T-Rep. Have they tried saying that on your side or no?
4: No, no. They, They
2: have these memos that they go by. That's where all our abuse comes from is are these and so nothing else has changed really just these memos that came out with these parameters and they're taking those you know things and, and showing them down our throat but uh, nothing's really changed as far as anything else that's what you're asking
3: okay that's kind of what i was asking yeah because there's certain um what's the word um not parameters um like dimensions for a parcel, for example. Yeah. Which fell under the old mail count guidelines. They're saying, well, no, that doesn't count. You know, you have to, you know, that doesn't go anymore now that we're using RECs.
4: Yeah. But
3: they haven't updated the the PO603 as of yet to um, show that.
4: Yeah, of that's um, changed.
0: as of yet according to our director of labor relations they're still in negotiations on what an obvious parcel is
4: we've never had to deal with that um, just we you know
2: we have spurs chunks or the column you know things that are stuck in the case you know if it's smaller than a shoebox well, I'm not going to stick something smaller than a shoebox you know I'm not going to stick something like that in my case but uh, so though, you know, we have issues with that. But no, we never we never really had to deal with stuff like that. I remember my mother when she would do rule counts, talking about what you're talking about right there the the box, you know, the size of the parcel, you know, how right. that counts well, for you and stuff like that.
3: Like for example, the little white bags with the medicine in it, with mm-hmm. you know, the bio medicine in it. Oh yeah. So something like that, for example, under the old count system. If you could case it, if it would fit into the case in a one-inch separation, which it actually says, we say two addresses in a slot per slot, but it's a two-inch slot, has two addresses in it, is what it actually calls for. Most people have enough dividers
4: to divide each individual slot to that one-inch slot without affecting the mail. becomes a flat yeah and then if it's over a certain
3: length width height or girth then it becomes a parcel we technically don't have the term spur and you now
1: anything uh, with that? a barcode is considered a parcel under the new rx oh really yeah anything with yep. a barcode and that's where the debate on the parcel size comes from because we have what's called now an unscannable parcel so i mean i have quite a few churches on my route and so they'll get boxes of books that are metered mail and you know that to me that i want credit for delivering that parcel so i'm going to enter in it as an unscannable parcel well, now that's the huge debate in is what size does it have to be to be considered a parcel? And we've got management down to, if you believe it's unscannable parcel, then you need to show that to us first so we can approve whether or not that's a parcel for you.
4: So if y'all had a priority envelope with a barcode, they're saying that's a parcel?
1: Yep. And it'd be credited yep. to us and he- on where we delivered it. Sure. Also- so it
2: would be a...
3: Small parcel, which gives you minimal credit if you scan it into the mail in in mailbox. Medium yeah. size, if it's in a in a um, parcel walker, uh, or a large, which will now include walking distance from your park point to dismount to the front door, and back,
0: and also mileage from your mailbox to your park point. Out of route mileage. Yeah. Out of route uh, mileage. No, no, no. It,
1: it's actually time. Yeah, this whole rec system is really... It is. It's convoluted. It's yes.
0: convoluted. No, if, no. if management had kept its grubby hands out of it and our leadership didn't roll over on it, it would probably yeah. be a good evaluation system. If management had trained everybody, like our contract tells us, the management right. had to train us on changes to our work uh, processes and everybody knew what they were doing, it'd be a great system. But management can't keep their grubby hands on it. Management didn't want to train people beyond the six scans. You clock in, you load truck, in-load truck, depart to route, return to DU, and clock out. Those were the scans that management trained us on, and that was it. Everything else we had to learn either through our podcast or through word of mouth from other carriers
2: did uh did all that stuff get uh fixed with you y'alls uh, i remember y'all was in a, a big way uh, a mess back in the day with with the route counts the new route counts how they came in and screwed y'all so bad
1: oh no it, it, still it's, it, it's still not fixed there, there's still, really there's still issues one of the i think the big issues well they were when they were wanting to do our coverage factor they if you had cbus like i have several cbus on my route if if you didn't have mail for that first box and that CBU or that first box and that CBU was inactive, you didn't get coverage at all for that CBU.
2: I just remember what a mess that was back then. Oh, matter it of fact, still I, is. Think David, I think I, I had an it, episode it, where I talked about it. Yeah.
1: It,
3: yeah. It's, it's better, but it's a whole new mess. Yeah. Yeah. Because we can't, everything is, data-driven, so it's off of the end-of-run report or radar report, which is basically end-of-run with a few other things included on it, which is your bundled flats. But the problem with bundled flats is People Magazine, for example, they'll give the post office a listing of how many magazines or are in the bundle for each route but between them printing bund- packaging and shipping and then getting that report together and then sending it to the post office could be anywhere from 2 to 14 days delayed from when you actually receive it
4: mm.
1: Yeah, it yeah, I mean some aspects have improved, others are still just as disastrous. I mean, when you've got these <laughs> these far out rural routes that have two different zip codes that we call parent child routes, they don't know how what is going on with because nobody can answer it. I mean, it's Yeah. Yeah, it it's, uh, that, it's awful.
0: <laughs> well, when yeah, you have when you have your president telling you that Um, rural carriers were getting off way too early so they decided to up the values that that you have to do like we have to do 16 more letter verifications than a dps machine so basically our president told the rural craft that rural carriers have had it too good for too long for somebody who hasn't been on his route in over 17 years
2: right that's usually how that works of course ours our president wasn't on the floor for 17 months, I don't think. And then he became, went up there to national. So, uh, kind of the exact opposite. He, he wasn't down here long enough to understand anything. And so that's the reason he makes terrible decisions, but I think they push both of these route, uh, evaluation processes too fast. You know, you had these memos and then here we're into it and, you know, our union didn't prepare us for it. Sounds like y'all didn't prepare your, you for it. And, uh, it just turned into a shit show on both sides. Like ours is a complete shit
4: show as far as T rap. And well, uh,
2: with you guys,
3: they kind of just threw it on you.
4: Yeah. It's like,
3: here's these memos. This is yeah. what it's going to be now. With us, they knew it was coming. We went to arbitration, what was that, 2012? Yep. Yep. And the arbitrator. Gave it to us, and it was a team of three main impact engineers: one from the post office, one from the union, and the two. Those two engineers picked the third one to work with to create the rec system.
1: And then they wanted it to be implemented by 2015. And it didn't actually finally get implemented until twenty twenty two and they still hadn't worked any of the bugs out. Uh, Ten years yeah. Ten years in the making, because I remember when i when I yeah. transferred offices, and i my office that I had started in was a test study office, so I was familiar with it because we were doing the scans, we were doing all the data stuff. And when I was mentioning it to anybody in that office, including the postmaster at the time, they looked at me like a deer in headlights. Like, what the heck are you talking about?
4: Yeah. Both of those were ill-prepared. I know ours, like you say, are. we had the memos come out.
2: Uh, They knew that they were working on this route adjustment process. They knew that this was coming down the pike. We were left completely clueless you know, like you said, here's the memos and this is going to start uh, next month. And so carriers weren't prepared. They started rushing in this training on these REIT teams and uh, it was a disaster. And thats I, I know y'all heard me bitch about should have gotten ahead of that and, and prepared us for it, prepared the carriers for it. Um, but and y'all, sounds like y'all's is worse than us, you know, because they oh, yeah. came in and just crushed y'all. And uh, like the gentleman said, you know, he had the six scans basically everybody knew about, and uh, just came in there and throttled y'all as far as these routes. Right. Well,
3: and yeah. the six those six scans that you're required to do every day are clock in and clock out, start load, and load. Which it's not the same as the load truck because that actually yeah. is a it's a stopwatch. So, mm-hmm. from the time as soon as I have everything pulled down and in my gurney or conveyance, I hit start load and roll it out to my vehicle, load my vehicle, bring the conveyance back in and put it wherever I'm supposed to leave it and end load. And that gives we get actual time for that. And even with the old count system, there was a what was it, 14 or 15 minute, it, and that wasn't the limit. But anything over that had to have a justification. So if you had a 17 minute load time, they could, your justification be two trips. You had two full gurneys that day. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the same is with this 22 minutes on your side. It's an average of about what it takes. Yeah. You know, it takes what it takes, but that's about. That's the higher end of the average. Yeah, and that's probably where they came up with that number. So they say, all right, it takes on average fifteen to twenty, you know, or eighteen to twenty-five minutes. We'll say twenty-two. And then we have when we got then when you come back, you have to hit return to do to duty unit or delivery unit which again starts a stopwatch. And at times from that point until you either go switch to what's called PM casing for if they distributed mail for the next day, like sometimes like the ad or circulars or, um, you know, something that came in late. If you're going to, if you have permission to case them in the evening, instead of having to wait till the next morning, that stops the stopwatch, and then you your your sixth was the clock out. But that doesn't count. The other eighteen possibles, for example, authorized dismount at a CBU, anywhere uh, you know a business that you have to go out and bring the mail in, if you have you have you automatically get credit for one a day to that location, to your CBU. But let's say I have so much mail and parcels, it takes me two or three trips that day to get it from the truck to the CBU. I can go in and say authorized dismount three. Trip to door is the same thing, but it's a parcel to the door. You have three 50 pound Amazon boxes of dog food. You ain't getting <laughs> in one trip. You're taking three yeah. trips to do that. So I can put in three trips to door so I get the credit to walking. From the truck to the door and back three times.
0: Um
4: yeah, that's a management who
0: turns around. Yeah, you know, then you have management that turns around and after you've done that, questions you the next day of why you had that and harasses you and yeah. just belittles you about doing that. So I know you, you've been big on getting rid of managerial harassment. What would you tell the rural craft how to handle managerial harassment? Well, we have, you know, in, in
2: Management's Handbook M thirty uh, nine, section one fifteen four. It's mutual respect. I don't know if y'all has that uh, on I their sure M it Um, it's those type things right there. You know, when you kind of online with what you're talking about with the parcels. You know, they came on ours and said, "Here's the uh, parameters for parcels." You shouldn't have never done that. You should have never put in a time on a parameter for a parcel. I understand, you know, that you get time for it, but time should be time. Whatever my time is I took, it should be my time. But they put in these parameters. You left the door open to be abused. And so uh, management that does that, to me, if it's creating a hostile working environment, because of what you're doing, then that should be covered under section of the M39 handbook, uh, maintaining a mutual respect atmosphere. You know, if you have anything, if you want to question something I'm doing, then you need to get up and come out there and watch me if you don't think that I'm doing something properly and then correct that. But to continue to badger me and bully me because of something you think I did wrong or question me because of something you think I did wrong you know, you're creating a hostile working environment. That's what all these memos have done is is uh, created a hostile working environment for my people. Uh, you're talking about parcel takes a minute. Parcel takes what it takes. You know, just like what you're saying, you get three trips, why'd you take three trips? Well, fuck, I had three boxes, I couldn't take it one time, <laughs> you know? And so what you've done is the our union has left the door open for us to be abused and bullied based off of these route adjustment processes. And that's because we're in agreement with them. Uh, We've come into an agreement with management. You cannot grieve the process. That's another thing that kills me is that you can't grieve it. And so you've left the door open for us to be abused off of it. We cannot grieve it. Um, But with what you're saying, if management continues to call you in there and question you about certain things, to me, this created a hostile working environment. And uh, I would address that if y'all's M38 is management's handbook. I don't know what section 115 is in that, but ours is 115.4. It talks about maintaining mutual respect atmosphere. Um, you know, it, it, I I think that our union is, is as big a fault as management on this because they've allowed it to happen. And uh, I continue to say that these memos have brought by about more abuse of my people than anything in our history and uh and it sounds like y'all getting the same same medicine as far as that's concerned and uh hell we're in agreement with it you know we're in bed with management based off of these memos and these route adjustments and the parameters and all that stuff things that uh you know promote abuse of us and so uh I don't know. I mean, honestly, I don't know. I mean, they're gonna call you in there and question you about things that we're in agreement with. <laughs> so shit, you know,
0: what well, you do. for us on the M38 management of rural delivery services, it would be 229.4, where it says it however, it is the frontline manager who controls management's attempt to maintain an atmosphere between employer and employee, which assures yeah. mutual respect of each other's rights and responsibilities. We also yep. have the joint statements on workplace violence and harassment. Yep. yep, and you guys have the same ones we do because everybody signed it. Yep.
3: Yeah, and I was going to say they probably are. If you probably pulled the M thirty nine in his section and that section of the M thirty eight it's probably verbatim. It's the same verbiage.
4: Yes, it is.
3: It's the
2: same verbiage. Now, ours is one fifteen four.
3: And if you go through both handbooks, I'll guarantee. With except for certain niches for craft craft specifics, all the verbiage is going to be the same for the general info, yeah,
4: yeah
2: but that's where I'd start you know continue to come in there and uh, harass you about why it took you this, why it took you that and at some point, you know you've created a hostile working environment for me i'm a good I'm a good carrier. You know, I do what I'm supposed to do. If you don't think I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, uh, section 134 of the M39 handbook talks about street observation. You know, if it says that you've got evidence that I'm loitering or not doing something I should be doing, then you can come out there and watch me. Um, But I would say that that was what you would need to do. If you think that I'm doing something I'm not supposed to be doing, then you can, you know, you you're within your rights to come out there and watch me, but to continue to badger me in the office because you think I'm doing something or you know, I'm not doing something right, you know. For me, that's a hostile working environment.
4: I agree. It's like
0: her brother, Eugene like, Grace, getting nailed with stationary events just before his passing. You know that right there. Only using scanner data, and our yeah. union actually has prolifically said. The scanner data alone cannot be used for discipline.
2: Yeah, that's on our side as well. You know, that's on our side as well. However, I don't know if you heard me read the letter from our president to the gentleman who sent me the letter talking about it's just an inconvenience. Yeah, I I heard that last week. Holy smokes, man. What are you talking about? You know, if you can't do it, you can't do it. But we have been over to the God of the scanner. I mean, they they worship this scanner. I don't know why my president is so in love with this scanner. He is in love with this scanner and what it can do. And you know, he, he's in an amazement at what this scanner can do. But God, man, you got to think about us down on the workroom floor when you agree to all this shit. You know, him sitting there saying, you know, it's an inconvenience. No, it's not. You know, <laughs> what's an inconvenience is management continue to come in there and tell us that we're stationary for a certain amount of time. asking me why. Get off your ass and come out there and watch me if you think I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing. But God, dog, I mean, we've opened the door for so much abuse based off of these scanners, man. I, you know, the, the, these new oh, yeah. round adjustments may be great and may be the best things ever happened to us. But I don't know that we had a list of of things that we're dealing with. If round adjustments be at the top of it, I imagine it'd probably be down, you know, fifth or sixth or seventh to me. Non-compliance. Uh, management that's unruly, those would be top two things, Uh, but we, this route adjustment process is like, it's the most, uh, you know, it's the top of their list. I I don't think it'd be at the top of the city carrier's list, route adjustment process, but man, ever since this has come on, it has been a shit show with the city carrier craft. You know, the second these memos were signed, man, management was waiting to jump and they did, and they have been pouncing on us ever since. And you got a coward ass for a, a president on our side that uh, refuses to stand up to it. It's it's, it's wild. Yeah, Was that a wanted, question? Somebody asked me. <laughs> to, Did somebody um, asked me a question and I just go off right there. I just woke nah, up. What happened? It, it's okay. It's um, okay. Go
0: back <laughs> one second here. The M thirty nine section that you were talking about in the rural side. It is section chapter. Five, number five, ten annual inspection of routes for the rural side. Just so you guys are aware of where it's at in our M thirty
3: eight. Someone commented, Corey. Meanwhile, the president still has an Nokia phone. I would be impressed with the scanners too.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Really? (laughs) And then someone
3: replied to that saying,
4: "Playing snake Mm -hmm. on the Nokia phone." yeah that's uh yeah Look, like a Corey, looking in a new gate
1: we don't want to keep you much longer because we know that you definitely are a busy man right now and you got your stuff to work on but we really appreciate you taking this time to join us and i think uh james bill and i will definitely get in touch with you and uh see if we about coming on as we get closer Absolutely. to national convention and uh we'll, we'll yeah. be in touch and uh
2: That'd be great. I'd like that. Y'all yeah, reach out to me anytime, man. If I can get on there, I'll get on here. I enjoyed it. I, I, uh, yeah, I'll give them no the phone number so, you,
3: so you, they have it to reach out to you yeah. directly.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. It's yeah, been it's a great. pleasure. Definitely. It, is, it was great I, to finally sure get this done.
3: <laughs> Kristen, I'm sure if you message or call him, he won't ignore you or tell you he'll call you back
0: over and over again that's that's my fault. or say i'll (laughs) get back to you i'll get back to you you. i was uh yeah does
3: your leadership do that so let me look that up and i'll get back to you and six months years (laughs) later you're still waiting
2: well luckily luckily i've got jb and so uh I'll ask him about something he either knows it right there, or he'll call me back in about two minutes. I don't go to anybody else. I go to JB. He's he's the he's the man. But yeah, I was talking to him when I was when you called earlier. I said, Man, let me call you back. And when he messaged me like four hours later and he's like, Hey, what's up? I was like, Oh, damn. I forgot. <laughs> but uh, I apologize for that. But um yeah, somebody y'all have ever, me on anytime, man. Somebody yeah, asked, would
0: yeah. J B be interested in coming on the podcast?
2: <laughs> he may be now. His his uh, his oldest daughter is fixing to have a baby. I think they put her in today. They're not. She's not going to make it past the twenty eighth. Uh, so it won't be any time soon because he's going to be enjoying that grandbaby. But uh, that's oh, the I guy. Know. Now he's the one. When I become business agent, <laughs> he's going to be my right hand man. He's. I'm well, going to uh, send him around this region. I, I kind of
1: know where he's coming the, um, for from that he because would have to come to the studio.
3: Because you'd have to go, you know, you'd have to log him in on the Discord through your
2: computer. Yeah, we can do something. We can figure something out. But uh, he—he'd be a good one to have on too, man. He's—he knows his oh, stuff.
1: I had to get. What them. was that young man?
2: I'm sorry. Go on, Kristen.
1: As I was gonna say, I—I I know where he's coming from. That I, um, my daughter keeps giving me her blessing to go and run for national office in August because her due date is the day before national convention starts. <laughs> oh really? Yes. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, so yeah. So you you do know but uh, uh yes. Yeah. So, uh, she's got her bags packed and ready to to go when something goes down but that's that's where he's at right now. So he's uh he's excited and scared and all the things um you know, I've got one grandbaby so I know what
4: he's fixing to go through. Uh, so yeah, 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 y'all remember yeah,
1: um, him? Oh, definitely, definitely.
3: But Who, yeah, that then... young
1: man you—that
3: oh. young man you had on recently, um, Trevor, was it?
1: Tyler Vassar. Tyler. Tyler, yes, that was a good one. That guy's and sharp.
3: One of you guys said one. you wanted to try and get him on. Yes, no, maybe.
1: Uh Eventually, yeah, yeah we can definitely. I imagine he
2: would. I imagine he would come on. He would be a good one. That guy, he's he's much smarter than me. Um, yeah,
1: like,
2: Ron. I was like, damn. I mean, when he was talking, I was like, oh shit. Yeah, you know, Ron, just, stuff, give him
3: my contact information.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah, Ron let says him,
2: he's going to be unfed up be soon too.
1: Oh, he is. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that he'll be good. That guy, he's sharp. He's really sharp.
3: Yeah. So, get him my contact information if he's interested, get him my contact information and we'll try and set up something.
2: I imagine no he wants, would be, you know, anybody trying no, to to spread their message, I imagine wants to be on any platform they can get on, you know?
3: Right. Um, but yeah, it's, and um just let me know one way or another, if he's interested. All right. Well,
4: I'll just send him your contact information. Yeah. Well, you All have
1: right? it. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah. I got your phone number.
2: Yeah, yep. that works.
1: All yeah. right. So, so we're going to let Corey get back. But if you've got any uh, final thoughts or comments that you can send out to uh, everybody that's listening this evening, Corey, that'd be great.
2: Yeah. Uh, just to me, we're all in the same boat. We're all the same family. You know, just because we do things a little bit differently, you know, hearing y'all talk about your struggles with national, it's our same struggle. I think that a movement on you all side is critical, as well as a movement on our side is critical. Uh, To me, there's a new day as far as the union is concerned. And that's what I want. I want a new day as far as this union is concerned, a more militant union. I think that's what y'all need and y'all deserve. Uh, Way back when my father was doing it, he was begging the rural care union to do more for their people. And that's been the running joke all these years. Somebody's going to step up and do it differently. And uh, you're going to need to be militant. And if you get militant and you educate your people, all these workroom drama, all that shit will stop because you'll have people that will take charge of that shit and take hold of it. And that's the same thing I'm going to do when I become business agent. When we get a new president in here, that's what I'm telling our people is that we're going to become a militant union again and take over this place. With y'all, the APW, if everybody was the same way and get out of this fat cat type old union bullshit that they do, sitting back doing nothing for us, um, once we take that over and become a new union, I think you'll see a new postal service. But um, that would be the last thing I would say. I love everybody on here, man. I see we got a pretty good group on here. Uh, To me, y'all are still my brothers and sisters, even though y'all are y'all don't work near as much as we do and so uh but uh but hey i've been there i've done that i enjoyed it was <laughs> a little bit of time i could do it so uh, hey i ain't knocking it but uh, i really appreciate y'all having me on though seriously and uh, i'll come on anytime you want me thank you
1: Corey. we appreciate so it Many of our listeners that are listening down on the stage have, have definitely said thank you. Um, they enjoyed you coming on with us tonight, and we will definitely be in touch again, for sure.
2: Absolutely. Y'all take thank care you. of yourselves.
1: You too. You have you a great too. evening. All
2: right. All right. Y'all too. Bye-bye. All right. Good night. Bye.
1: There you have that it, guys. We, uh, we got through with Corey. Definitely will not be a stranger. Uh, we'll definitely set up something for James, Bill, and I to get on there with Corey as well. We're also looking point.
0: at getting on fed up as well.
1: Yes, yes.
0: So, but um, just a final thought here. As you heard from Corey, they're dealing with the exact same management that we are on the city side. And even though our unions compete for routes, compete for mailboxes, compete for customers, at the end of the day, we're brothers and sisters doing the same job. And the biggest thing about that is we're all in this together.
1: Absolutely. So we are going to sign out for tonight. And we'll have this up for everybody's listening pleasure by the morning. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Again, we thank Corey for coming on with us finally this evening. Have a good evening. <laughs>